0: whole time welcome back to agitator today we are talking about terminal boredom by izumi suzuki published in 2021 in english izumi suzuki was one wild bitch uh joined the 27 cl- no how old was she she was young as hell though she was uh 37 yeah, she she joined the thirty seven club. Tragic loss, a proto cyberpunk queen. She just dropped her new. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what you laughing at?
1: That you're talking like <laughs> foghorn leghorn.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dog, I got. I've been working so much these past few days. I got like all these voices just scrambling in my head none of them are like simple i say
1: i say uh, terminal i boredom. say i say Squad terminal
0: book. boredom terminal boredom now <laughs> azumi azumi says azuki yeah i say uh, i say
1: she's got nudes on the internet she's got nudes. i say
0: i say i say, I done looked up them nudes and uh printed them out
1: <laughs> be funny <clears throat> if they were just tacked up on your wall behind you <laughs> your wife is cool with that (laughs) i considered i wondered
0: because i got the big ass tv behind me i was playing anime when i was on a a mutual aberration society last week and yeah uh, that's what's up i was like i should put something on but what would i put on i should have just like pulled up the (laughs) fucking (laughs) google image page or something (laughs) yeah no she was um well before we dive into it we to to cover all of this we have the man who turned us on to, to Izumi Suzuki, Jay Springett. Hey, back, back for round two. I just thought I was just sitting here like listening to the new agitator. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the people we like to have around. Yeah, thanks. It, w- it was before, like, uh, we hope our guests don't listen to the show. And now it's like, we're only having people who, who listen to the, the show. show. All, all, They've got to listen to, like, all 100 hours or
3: whatever.
2: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, you're not allowed on to this. You've done the deep that's
0: dive. The, yeah, that's the barrier to entry. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to get to know you. We want to fast forward all that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it Hit Parade of Tears is out today which is the new book. I'm so hyped for that. I just finished Terminal Boredom today. And it's like my, it's my new favorite shit. Like Izumi Suzuki is a big influence, even though I I just discovered her because it's going to, it's going to influence a lot of my work to come. And it's one of those things. It's like, Oh damn, she was like, pioneering all this shit like it's it's really crazy though because when i finished i
3: read terminal border when it came out in 21 and when i finished the book in my notes i was like oh all of japanese cyberpunk anime is like downstream from this book Mm -hmm. you know you can really feel it as well that like loads of people must have read her short stories
0: in the in the early 70s I was even picturing a lot of Redline because there's like all this, um, there's like a lot of alien immigration and stuff and like monsters who live among the earthlings and mm-hmm. shit like that. And I was like, this is like, I'm picturing even, even Dragon Ball, how there's just a ton of different races just in the city, like races of different species, like just living amongst each other. I was like, this is 100% anime prose, like the shit that we're doing.
3: Yeah. I think the prose for me is, is I mean we can talk about what the like the contents in a bit, but for me, like her prose is is really it's just really stark and striking. And I'm not sure how much of that is like the translation, but um but yeah, her the the, the prose and the voice is is so strong, you know, it's so good.
0: I imagine it was a whole lot of her, like not just the translation, because she comes from this avant-garde group of of weirdos who and she's one of those who like had to have been wrestling with all all the things in this book like the themes that keep occurring Mm -hmm. and like the reflections on what it means to be human and the the terminal boredom the you know (laughs) the theme of the overarching collection it's like yeah i can see how this is a this is a chick who went down the road that she did in the end and was like you know i'm a I'm gonna pull a of millennium and just off myself <laughs> get out of here did you but, listen to any of her husband's jazz albums? I haven't yet was it was any of that in the playlist that you sent I don't think so I oh,
3: think yeah, the I playlist is everything that gets mentioned in the in the new book okay there's it, some oh, yeah. fucking there's...
1: bangers in there dude that playlist yeah is man sick. yeah was, we should link it violent. in the show notes Oh yeah, yeah no, most sure. definitely. Also, funny story. I thought I was having technical difficulties with mine because I kept turning you guys up, and I couldn't hear you. You guys kept getting quieter, and it turns out it's because I was turning you down. So <laughs> <laughs> I hate when that happens. So no, well, so we're we're back. we're back now. But yeah, there's a lot of fucking bangers on that uh, on that playlist, which we will link in the show notes. Oh shit!
3: It really gives you an idea of like where she was in time. Yeah you know just like cuz she was writing these sci-fi did you read i don't know where i read it i don't know if it's in the introduction about how she ended up writing sci-fi to mm-hmm. begin with
2: mm-hmm. i don't she
3: think so. um uh she was writing short stories and then she got a short story that isn't really sci-fi um right. called witches something or other it's not in terminal boredom but um it, i i i have the new one on ebook so i can have a look mm-hmm. but she sold it to sf magazine which is like the jap the big japanese yeah, short stories yeah. i was looking at some of the covers from the 70s and they are nuts just total like you know old <laughs> school yeah hang on I'll, I'll send you the link to them um, for that particular period i have them linked somewhere um but she sold the story to sf magazine and was kind of like well if they keep buying my story if i keep writing, writing sci-fi and they keep buying it then i guess i'm a sci-fi author <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's the way to do
1: it. Yeah,
0: she's great at that shit too. Because you can see, and it's maybe where a lot of the interest comes from. Like, a like she knew sci-fi was gonna pay the bills, so she was mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, cool, I'm gonna do this." But yep. her interests lie in in people, in like psychology and like shit like that. So, her in like relationships. So that. That's where that was like a big, uh, what stood out to me because a lot of cyberpunk shit, I get real bored of like the Black Mirror. Wouldn't this be crazy if this technology blah blah blah? One like of the
3: stories in Terminum Boredom* is literally a Black Mirror story, isn't it?
0: Or like I felt like that, like Black Mirror. I forget which one it made. The one where they where they're, where, they're, where they go into like the VR. It's like the ju- right, junkies, right? Where you or whatever. can yeah. be inside the other person um wait was it with, that one or the one no
3: the one with the, the, like the chair when the chairs like the talking. chair talks to her yeah, yeah the yeah, chair is yeah. her mom
0: <laughs> the chair talks to her in her mom's yeah. voice and, and her she,
3: boyfriend is trying to fall in love with her again in vr or whatever it is that, that...
0: yeah she's in like a, she, it turns out she's in like a hospital you have to have these reboots and like <laughs> everybody it, it's it plays into that theme of terminal boredom that obviously comes up much later in the in the title story But it starts playing into that theme of where in this society, everybody is terminally bored Mm -hmm. and they have to have these like reboots of emotions, live these fake existences to try and like rekindle that spark or whatever. And there's like little hints of it where they say like, this is my fourth time around or this or that. But then by the end, you find out that she's just been like her husband is outside or boyfriend or whoever is in the hallway outside waiting on her. And she's inside talking to him and her mom, who's a chair, and <laughs> <laughs> and she she's like trying to get, you know, get those feelings back. It's a hundred percent some Black Mirror shit, but with a lot uh with a lot more soul to it, I think. Not to diss Black Mirror too much, because I mean, yeah, some of, it, some of it's pretty cool. I like it. it's. I'm back and forth with Black Mirror.
3: It's interesting, isn't it? Because she doesn't really have a political agenda, in in the book even though like she's not preachy in any in any way but she has these themes that she's constantly like circling around um in the book and like because the first story is all about gender right there's the the people like um there's There's no time yeah gender
0: gender keeps popping up too because when the when the monsters in the in night picnic when oh yeah yeah the monsters are reading books and watching tv to learn how to be earthlings and they've mm-hmm. taken over the desolated city where there's like nobody is around and they're just coming to basically a destroyed earth <laughs> to just pretend to be human and that story is really
3: weird because it's there's a couple of other themes like on top of that i mean we can get to the heart i think the heart of of her writing is very much kind of like this dislocation from the modern society that she was mm-hmm. in you know but the that that night picnic has some really interesting things like partly around like the authority figure of the dad about right. how like um he's obviously the dad in the patriarchal family that they've seen from all the movies and the mm-hmm. tv shows and stuff but at the same time he doesn't know if he's right so there's like this whole crisis about like whether they should do what he says or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I think that's yeah, quite yeah. interesting.
0: No, there's a, there's a part where he's like, I'm putting my foot down because I'm the dad. <laughs> and, I'm, and you can tell yeah. he's like, I, I, I'm supposed to be doing this. And then the daughter, who used to be the son, that was, that was where some of the other gender play kind of comes into it, is where they uh, mm-hmm. decided that it makes more it's more balanced for them to have a boy and a girl. So when the smaller boy gets to a certain age, they're like, no, you're a girl now. We want you to, we want to (laughs) have, we want to have a son and a daughter. And then he's like, uh, she now is like, um, I'm in adolescence. So so she locks herself in a closet for six hours. Yeah. And the boy who reads- With like rice or something, isn't it? Yeah. The boy who reads all the more books than anybody else does, he goes up to the closet Mm -hmm. and he's like, you know you're doing this wrong right like you're too old for this like you're 17 you're kind of past this and she's like oh really you sure and then they start they start arguing about like when you're supposed to be she's like I'm being rebellious (laughs) yeah yeah it's really I think it's
3: that whole that whole story is a really like interesting commentary on how like the whole of human existence isn't isn't like portrayed in media
0: do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, because they're like trying to study just based on Or pop culture. Right, right. That's what a whole that keeps coming up too in the different uh when they make references to any kind of alien or future character ends up making reference to like pop culture shit or like videos or books that they've read. And it's like this is how <laughs> you're supposed to be, you know. Like you're just like there's What's a...
3: that one that's on what's the story with the with the punks the one that's really violent and they're all like um and they basically like they don't believe it if it happened on tv that one
0: that was terminal boredom that was the last one that is terminal boredom because, yeah, yeah 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 because he's trying to uh, her boyfriend is trying to uh basically get attention from his mom who ran out forever ago So yeah, he's always trying to get on TV. He sees an act of Mm -hmm. violence and they have all these apparently everything's a pose. Like a lot of things people do Mm -hmm. are just to be on reality TV, which isn't reality. It's all fabricated. So they see somebody get their skull bashed in by like some homeless dude. And he's like and they're both like, damn, that seemed kind of real. And he goes over (laughs) there before the cops show up. And it's like, yeah, this has gotta be on TV, right? Like, my mom's gonna see this. And so he's just from events like that, and he tries to recreate his own events with the like that, that took a sharp left turn. Cause there's violence, there's violence throughout. But mm-hmm. that story in particular, I could see how that was like kept for last. Because when it yeah. gets to the part where he naturally. Gets his side piece pregnant, which is another mm-hmm. thing that keeps popping up through the stories. Is like natural versus artificial insemination, and a lot of people are grossed out by sex. They're like, oh god, I don't want to yeah. the sheep. Like oh, that sounds terrible, and 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 exhausting. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> when's the last time we did it? Well, two years ago. Hey, yeah, I don't know. I guess it sounds sounds exhausting. Like they don't, <laughs> like once every two years is too much for them but he uh he gets this this side piece pregnant and is like i i don't i don't want to have a i don't want to have a kid and so he hires his girlfriend to murder her with him he's like i'm gonna need help holding her down (laughs) and and he's like he videos it Mm -hmm. in the event that hopefully it gets found and he's telling his girl he's like look at all these cases through history like our history that they're reading about that he's like there was all these different cases where the this person this accomplice was like go because they were too retarded implying that his girlfriends
2: retarded yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: such a great it's such a great collection like another theme in the in the book is time which i think is really interesting as well cuz like they're set in the future but obviously they're about right now like late 60s early 70s mm-hmm, and it, mm-hmm. also they don't feel that sci-fi i think she does a really good job of not necessarily pointing to like obviously the technologies that she's talking about with like the weird sketchy vr reboots and then there's the gender politics of the the first one where all the, there's the they're in the ghetto which is like a nice translate like, yeah 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 <laughs> Apparently that's a that's like one of the translators flourishes like to mm-hmm. To have that translate correctly with like the the right energy, he must stuff.
1: have felt like that was Christmas. He was like, "Yes, yeah, God. yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> was it it's like gender
0: exclusionary? Uh, uh, um, wait, I did make they keep call They keep calling it something, something occupancy. Uh, fuck, I don't remember, but that that's like it's crazy when shit like that can translate because it comes from, you know, a totally different language. So then mm-hmm. it like comes out being an acronym that looks like ghetto like gender exclusion terminal
3: occupancy zone. Yeah, yeah. nice. The
2: ghettos <laughs> yeah. with a z.
3: <laughs> but the um yeah, the technologies aren't unlike cyberpunk itself, which is explicitly about computing. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, her yeah, stories yeah. feel cyberpunk. They're really gritty and like slice of life in futures. But at the same time, they're not about computers. They're about yeah. people.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say that what does seem to separate these is the focus on kind of the fact that you can. So in cyberpunk, people will have updated brains and robot arms and they become computer-like and in the case of this book it feels like the technologies just really don't don't change people you know like people remain people with all of their people problems and uh, especially all the emphasis on screen time that's when I started getting a little freaked out like with terminal boredom you know it's like Mm -hmm. enforced screen time and shit like that it's like we kind of have that you know it feels so
3: on the nose despite (laughs) the fact it was written like 40 years ago whatever yeah
1: yeah like you have to stare at the screen it's just 50 yeah i've said this so many times but i really do feel like the way that we look back at tv shows like mad men and see everybody smoking and say haha they didn't know they didn't know that was bad for them people Fifty years from now, we'll make a show based in the 2020s and be like, "They really—they just stared at those things all day long, didn't they? Yeah, wow. they well, did. yeah, yeah. Slept with them, put them right up next to their genitals, and uh, you know, at stoplights. That's what gets me—is when yeah. I see people at stop. Like, I'm not better than them. That's illegal over here. Oh, it's only one yeah. too. But, oh, is it? Well, yeah, but nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. shit. But like the light, the, the, the light will turn green. And without it, like 50% of the time, the first person in line will, it'll take them about five seconds to look up and be like, and some of them, you get the impression they look up and see that it's green. And they're like, let me get this tweet off just real quick, though. Yeah, yeah. let me finish this real quick. <laughs>
0: so been, I've been driving, I've been on the highway so much going back and forth to the hospital to see Erica's dad that there's always and there's road work on one side so that's like shut down and slowing down and then on the right lane you will always have this motherfucker who just can't talk on the phone and drive at the same time they're like fuck speakerphone or bluetooth or any it's not even texting they have the phone up to their ear but that somehow impairs their ability to keep a steady like pressure on the gas for some Mm -hmm. reason and they're like driving 50 and 65. You're like, what are you doing?
1: <laughs> Don't get me started on traffic. I
2: can talk about <laughs> traffic forever.
1: But no, it just, it really does feel to me that if there were to be a contemporary author doing something similar, the the key aspect of that formula, no matter what you were saying through the analogies, you know, through the screens or the dreams uh, or the other planets or what have you, Uh, which the dream one was really cool. Um, That's my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. I Where people are just really annoying when they (laughs) become people's dreams. All of that would be uh, sort of, well, what am I trying to say? The key to all of that would be that people themselves would remain people with all of their foibles.
3: Yeah, definitely. It's almost as if like, The sci fi that she was writing in the same way you were talking about the Mad Men thing is that she was writing sci fi of people looking back at her era in the late 60s, early 70s, asking Mm -hmm. what all the fuss was about. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like, and that's how you would write a book. The
0: book is punk as fuck, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, her attitude is just punk rock. There's so many. I love her narrative style too. She often uh, narrates, it's usually a first person uh narration style mm-hmm. and she's got all these it's a lot of dialogue like most of them where are my highlights at most of them are uh like super dialogue heavy and uh her like whenever she's talking to uh what's her face who wants to go into her dream who wants mm-hmm. to who is like I want to be implanted in your dream and whatever she's like she, she detests this person. Like she, she can't, she's so like, same time fascinated with this person and how kind of stupid she is, but she's always condescending her. So there's like dialogue from her and then something condescending from the narrator. And then what she actually tells her back to her. And that's, it's like that over and over again, where she's just like sarcasm undetected or really, are we still going down? Like (laughs) you're going off about this shit again. (laughs) Is that uh Forgotten? Is that one where, where all the internal monologues in italics? Uh you You May Dream, but yeah, Forgotten where uh I was yeah, I was talking about You May Dream, but Forgotten is the one where uh that that's the that's the rehab one, right? Or is that mm-hmm. the uh no. that the war one? That's the, the one with Sol. Right, right. The alien who's like trying to be like, uh that one was genius because mm-hmm. In that one, I was like, I see what she's doing with these stories, even subconsciously, because this is a collection of stories scattered about like her career or whatever. But with all of these collected, what she's doing is making the type of historical document that they would be like looking at and judging this time period based on and trying. And she's trying to say in her present moment, Mm -hmm. this is the shit we got to remember so that it doesn't just keep happening and happening and he's trying to say that like you know the the human girlfriend in the story is saying is considering him cold and calloused and whatever and he's like you don't get it and he which ironically he becomes more and more depressed as it goes on until like (laughs) yeah 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 he's like i'm out yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but he's like you don't get it like your your species has like no memory So, of your own, of the shit that you did not even that long ago, which Mm -hmm. is why you keep repeating these wars and everything. And then, and then by the end, the society that I don't want to get this backwards, his species becomes colonized by Earth, right? At the very end. That's what's implied because they don't, because we don't have any memory.
3: Right. I think it's like they have to live in the present, which is what colonizes them. Or whatever. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. which is another time, like again, it's like the time part of the of what she's talking about. Um in there's a Lit Hub article about Terminal Boredom when it came out, and one of the translators pulled a quote from um uh for Izumi Suzuki, and she said that there's something wrong with our present society, and I can't stand science fiction written by
0: people who don't get it. Right, because it's always it's always a science fiction is often like an, an escapism, like a genre of escapism where you want to go into the future and create this totally different society, whether that's you fantasizing mm-hmm. about your own dystopia, dystopia where you can vent certain frustrations or whatever, which is always it's a little more subconsciously tethered to the present because it has to involve some kind of frustration, element of frustration, you know, with your current situation and what would lead to that. But a lot of it's like either either utopian or a complete reimagining of some kind of like monarchical, like medieval society or something, you know. So it's like or or whatever, uh, whatever Star Trek is or something like that, you know. But no, yeah, the, her her brand of sci fi is like, no, the important element of it is grounding it and right now, grounding the future and like what's going on right now. Yeah. And now it's fucked up. Yeah. yeah really fucked up I mean can you I just can't really
3: that playlist really helps actually because it's like I just couldn't imagine what Japan must have been like in the late 60s and early 70s like they were going through crazy industrialization and consumerism they got consumerism before you know like hardcore consumerism before everybody else did and like she's listening to all this punk her I mean her husband at the time in the uh, before he before he OD'd I mean you should definitely check it out it's this this insane saxophone jazz like free jazz basically it's just like wailing you know what i mean sounds like a squeaky just like a squeaky gear on a conveyor belt for an hour <laughs> basically <laughs> but just like yeah what a, what a crazy scene did you did you watch that movie that she was in have you seen it throw
0: away your books rally in the streets oh i haven't been able to catch that yet but now I want to consume like everything she's part of. Cause that's another yeah. thing is she was part like involved with this whole art scene where basically she was the writer, her husband slash divorce. Like, you know, they got divorced. I think the year before he died, even though they still yeah. live together, she had an odd, there's like, I'd love to find more biographical content about her because there's holes in the story of where she got from point A to point B to point. And it's like, what happened in between here? Like, mm-hmm. divorced but still living together. Our kid lives with my parents on the coast. And it's, it's this, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a punk rock uh, sort of tragic kind of lifestyle. And I, I saw Endless Waltz, which is a movie about her,
3: years and years ago. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was really controversial when it came out because it's basically like a fan fiction Mm-hmm. about her life rather than like real sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
0: Did it... yeah. Uh, her daughter sued that person, right?
3: Yeah. I don't know how the lawsuit went, but um, you can, you can find endless, endless waltz online. That's my friend Mari Um, was a huge fan of Izumi Suzuki when I was at university in the early two thousands, which is how I first found out about her. Um, Cause she had the, the photographer's book of all of the photos of her. Mm-hmm. And I was like, who's this? And she's like, oh, it's a sci-fi author from, <laughs> from the 70s. You know what I mean? I'm like,
1: fuck it out. Awesome. That's not what they normally look like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, hearing you talk about what it must have been like to live at that time in Japan. Makes I mean, me 68 feel... was
3: happening all around the world as well, right? the protests yeah. in
1: France and mm-hmm. yeah. yeah Vietnam but it just seems so cool And you know what it is no matter where you are in the world at this period of time I just keep thinking about people not having phones and what a joy it must have been to have been out at a bar drinking with your friends and by happenstance another friend walks in and you think, mm-hmm. oh, my God, I haven't yep. seen you in, in weeks or heard from you. And you only have to spend 30 minutes with them before you move on. And fuck, you might never see them again. But you probably will because you move yep. in the same circles. But
2: mm-hmm. you have
1: no idea talking to this person in this 30 minutes. You might talk about how your life is going. How's uh, school going? How's, uh, oh, I heard you got a job at that you know mechanic shop. How's that go? You never have to hear them give a hot take. Yeah. About what's going on. <laughs> yeah. I told I told
3: I told you about what happened to me be in Berlin, right? When I was there I, th- I went there for 30 hours two weeks ago. And <laughs> there was there's like two types of people. There was like the post Twitter people, I guess. Not post social, but you know, post Twitter. And then and they I was seeing because I literally just like teleported to, to Berlin for a day, basically. Do you know what I mean? So it's just like turned up at a co-working space and stuff and was like talking to people and then left again. And I speak to them on Discord all the time. But half the people were like, hey, how's it going? What creative projects are you doing? I'm doing this. I'm into this. You should read this book, blah, blah, blah. And then the people who are still like fully bird-pilled were just like bird-brained were just like, oh, have you seen that solar punk is fascist on Twitter? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like that that's what you want to talk about do you yeah no
0: that was one of the last straws for me too was like besides being gaslit and misunderstood left and right i was just like i'm tired you know i can't do this the other thing was like conversations twitter Mm -hmm. is a conversation killer because you're like especially when you have podcasts and a lot of shit week to week you have to you know come up with more shit to talk about where you're like so on twitter i was like God. I don't ever yeah. want to fucking hear that again. I don't ever yeah, want yeah, yeah. to hear, you see on Twitter, like, or say it. I'm not, you know, I'm not just accusing David of being on Twitter. You know, I was tired of like, I didn't want that part of the conversation. I was like, no, no, we are not yeah. Twitter recap. That's not what's. What yeah, yeah, like- yeah,
1: yeah. A friend of mine yeah,
0: we- has never been on Twitter.
2: Ooh. wow! And
3: he, he has always been at a barbecue or in the pub. And there's, he's just like, explain this to me. In 30 seconds like whatever the twitter beef is and like and then he gets them to explain it and it just sounds so absurd you know what i mean and he's like well let's talk about something else because this sounds ridiculous
0: it doesn't sound important
1: <laughs> on the on the signal chat that we have with all the broken river writers uh three of the guys well it's just me and Kelby that are off so the other three are on eddie doesn't seem to use it very much but grant It bless his heart is the messy one of the group. So he loves all the, he loves all the drama. He'll send us little clips of things and tweets about what's going on. And yeah, I mean, two days after being gone, not to mention, you know, a month and a half now of being gone, you look at it and it doesn't, it does not matter what political ideology the tweet is coming from. You look at them and you say, this person is mentally ill. <laughs> like this is, this it's is like really... it just it's just totally is a parallel reality isn't it yeah it really is but that's that's what i get when i when i think of the but it turns out you know t- to make this not just the the complaining uh part of the show welcome to fuck twitter <laughs> yeah welcome to fuck twitter uh you can just you really can just turn it off i'm beginning to find out that this is true in every part of my life on that same signal chat. We were having a discussion yesterday. We were debating whether or not uh, PTSD is real. Right. So we were going back and forth trying to decide if it was a real thing or not. And uh, we came to the conclusion that it was, uh, that it's probably much more rare than it is diagnosed. And, but also whether you are uh, depressed or screen addicted or an alcoholic, uh, or, you know, you're like you and me, Jay, and you vape or whatever, uh, as, as difficult as it might be to not be those things, the key is to just stop being those things. You just <laughs> kind of have to stop doing them. <laughs> and it, I remember I said to you that I was, I I had made this horrible mistake where I tried to quit vaping, uh, and I took niacin because, you know, niacin's nicotinic acid. It's very, very mm-hmm. close. So I thought, oh, this will help. Did not help. Made everything way, way, way worse. <laughs> But so I, I texted you that, and you just texted back, uh, "I will never stop vaping." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> I re- I did take that back. Yeah, I'm never stopping vaping. Fuck that. Yeah,
1: there's some things that you just like, but you know, basically, uh, when it comes to to Twitter, uh, people who are on it but complain about it, uh, you can just you can just stop actually, and it all mm-hmm. goes away. And everybody who's on it thinks that you're dead you're not you're not a real person to them yeah so if, yeah if you if you want to stay away from that eye of sauron type thing you just leave and
3: yeah i mean i still you. post my post my new podcast episodes or like new blog posts and stuff but i get i have one quarter this time like in previous years i have one quarter of the traffic from twitter as i used to
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And- oh, Where where
1: where does your traffic come from
3: Google mostly. Google, yeah.
1: People yeah. are looking up AI stuff or
3: my own podcast <laughs> sometimes. Oh, okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. usually good. It's to be honest, most 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 of my traffic's Google. Hmm. Hmm.
1: That's, That's
3: what
0: I've been trying to tell people since leaving. Uh, since leaving social media is like, you know, I gotta the cope of having to stay on it because well, I still gotta push this and that. I have to show, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, bro, Google exists. Like, if you're a person of interest or if you're doing something like metadata is a thing <laughs> like if you're really out here creating content that content will be found yeah it, it is out there
1: and we just had our, our last episode on Tam tampopo was one of our biggest that we've ever done yeah we and were like what us the fuck on yeah it just blew up <laughs> because it turns out everything for the most part seems to come from people just typing words into spotify and yeah tampopo is apparent i didn't know this when i first started watching it i i thought it was a lovely movie but i i didn't realize that people really fucking love that movie so rabid fan base
3: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool
0: yeah they love the uh they love the food sex classic (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: i was listening to that episode the other day it sounds crazy where do you fall on the food sex spectrum yes or no yeah, I'm easy. Whatever.
3: Yeah, sure.
2: <laughs> so whatever works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> whatever works for you, darling. It's like, it's, wait, so it's Do is she, na- she naked? you want to put some butter on it before you gobble it up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if she's naked, I'm cool. Uh, I, I like that attitude. I like that attitude. Easy going. Um, where to go from here? Where should we go from here? I guess we can go wherever. I
0: want um, to at least... Uh... I want to read her since the reading wikipedia has become such a popular segment on here i uh i did
1: people love read. when you read wikipedia they, they do
2: they love list. it <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's what kelby i mean kelby gets paid to read shit you know what i mean
0: yeah mm-hmm. that's, that's what yeah that's really what they come for
3: subscribe yeah. to agitators patreon to hear kelby read random wikipedia pages
0: <laughs> <laughs> So her life, Wikipedia has a perfect little short capsule uh, bio on her. her. So her life Suzuki was born in Ito, Shizuoka in 1949. Her father, Aiji Suzuki, was a reporter for the Yomiori Shimbun. My computer's kind of far away from me. After graduating from Shizuoka Pref- Prefectural ito high school in 1968 she worked briefly as a key punch operator at ito city hall i love this part so a key punch operator is somebody who just punches holes and shit like if it's a spiral notebook or something needs holes in it you're sitting there at this machine punching holes and shit. so she's doing that in 1968. in 1969 she was selected as a runner-up for the new writer's award administrative by the monthly literary magazine Shosetsu Gendai moved to Tokyo where she found work as a hostess, nude model, and actor. That sounds a lot like the, like, 2018 to, like, right now where you go from, like, yeah, I'm doing my bullshit machinist job mm-hmm. or I'm, like, I'm having to do this or that. Like, I'm running a wood shop, I'm whatever. To like like having to actually do things, whether menial or whatever, but you're like part of some kind of production. To being like, and then she's on OnlyFans, and <laughs> yeah. uh back and she's twenty on backstage. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs>
0: Sixty nine too good year. Uh, Suzuki married avant-garde saxophonist Karu Abe in 1973, with whom she had a daughter azusa in april 1976 azusa did not come to live with suzuki until the early 80s however and in the interim was raised instead by suzuki's family in shizuoka in 1977 suzuki divorced abe although they continued to live together and he died a year later from an accidental overdose of bromisoval for a time, she managed to support her daughter by publishing stories in sci-fi magazines, but eventually her health deteriorated and she began receiving public assistance. Suzuki's tumultuous marriage to Abe was the subject of Endless Waltz, a 1992 novel by Mayumi Anaba, which prompted Suzuki's orphaned daughter to sue Anaba for invasion of privacy. In 1995, the novel was adapted for film by Koji Wakamasu, an exponent of the pink film genre, who directed Suzuki in his 1970 film *Violence Without a Cause*? I feel like that came up in our uh, Scott Adlerberg. I think brought brought up Wakamatsu when we were mm-hmm. talking about uh, pinku films and everything in the uh, the United Red Army episode. Mm-hmm. Japanese mm-hmm. photographer Nobuyoshi Araki. Uh, I want to talk about this motherfucker too. <laughs> took portraits of Suzuki throughout her career. These photographs were compiled after her death in a photograph collection titled Itsumi, This Bad Girl. Araki's yeah. Portraits of Suzuki, that's, that's the one you That's the one That's you the one my out. housemate had, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Araki's Portraits of Suzuki have also been used on covers of Japanese reissues of her works. That is a way to sell books. Publishing 101, put a naked chick on the cover,
1: and Absolutely. you're going <laughs> to do just fine. That was the Carlton Mellick strategy for all of his books. Every book would just have a computer generated hot girl. But it would be like, if this book was about called, like, I'm having Satan's baby, it would be a devil chick who's pregnant. And then if another one was called like, oh, no, it's the cup, it's the cupcake monster. It'd be a girl with like a cupcake Cupcake on her head. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, uh, I want to pinpoint one very specific thing. And it also adds to the the romanticism around her uh and around that time you said a very key phrase there and that is that for a while she supported herself and her daughter by selling stories to a magazine (laughs) (laughs) yeah you see you see the single tear roll down my face yeah (laughs) yeah awesome
0: it's uh i don't know about selling stories anymore but we're not um we're not too far from that again yeah and in certain capacities there's uh i mean i've been turning to art a lot more to try and make money than anything else i don't really it's becoming harder and harder to the thing is it's becoming harder to make money at all which means it's making it easy to make money how you choose Mm. If that makes it because the the whole like sort of work force is kind of like falling down to the same playing field, basically, where it's like, I mean, I don't know, I could put all my energy into doing this or I could just stay home and try to get enough gigs talking into a microphone like, (laughs) I'd rather not hang up drywall. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, that yeah, that has been my experience as well. It's why I've been doing editing for the past two years instead of going out and getting a job. It's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll go get a job making the exact same amount of money, uh, but I have to pay for daycare. Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. So move on to the next horror book. What's going on this time? Oh, the devil's back at it again. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh man i almost took a series job the other day i i hate being a man of principles sometimes uh i'm barely i just barely have principles left but my wife was sitting there reading what i was looking at and she was like you might not get another job after this i was like but this is a lot of money and it was like a series uh this dude wanted this series narrated that was basically left behind but extremely anti-woke and then and and not just extremely anti-woke but like kind of racist like a Mm -hmm. lot racist and i was like (laughs) i like how it's like
1: it was a little no no it was it was a lot racist actually it was it was (laughs) actually very racist
0: yeah and i I was like hmm And, and erica's reading it over my shoulder going you might not get another job after this series. I was like, that's a good point. Yeah. So that's what I guess I don't have any principles left. She just talked me out of it by saying, you know, this might be the last thing that you do if you decide to do <laughs> something like this and put your real name on it. <laughs> that's that's so crazy about like those series
3: and doing audiobooks and stuff. Like when podcasts when I got my first iPod, when I first started listening to podcast was like 2008 maybe i had this like shitty shitty job in a like call center but instead of answering the phone i was literally copying and pasting because no one knew about like scripts (laughs) 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 my job was like copy shit out of excel and paste it into her into like the cms or whatever of the Mm -hmm. company so i just used to sit there and listen to podcasts like all day and it was great but podcasts back then was like really early doors and i used to listen to a lot of preppers and um it was like some of the early permaculture podcasts and a lot of preppers and those prepper guys were always talking about the books they were reading and they're all like left behind or their uh what's it called uh, like rapture books mm-hmm. and and Yeah, there were just all of these like really misogynistic stories about like these guys were like, "Well, this is finally time to use all the guns," you know, like that's. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) but their their logic is super flawed because if it's the characters who
3: they, it doesn't matter the characters they're playing (laughs) or the the people who they want to become are exactly the people they're worried about.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: the sinners who who God was like, "Nope, not you." (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're supposed to just be a pile of jeans and a t-shirt. I don't know why, like, what are you even prepping for if you're going to go up to heaven? I think that it's really (laughs) funny that you mentioned that the dark half of the permaculture side is the, is the prepper. And it seems like there's that in everything. And that's one thing Mm -hmm. that I noticed that gets people so twisted up when it comes to sort of any, any belief system in 2023 has the dark evil side to it. So mm-hmm. if you want to go after somebody for say doing permaculture or whatever you could say well look within the permaculture movement there's this guy who really doesn't like black people and he stockpiles guns and it's like well i mean yeah that's that's jim we don't talk to him right he's mm-hmm. <laughs> he's sort of outside of the outside of the frame but i i started noticing that too like whatever whatever there's so much information now there's so much just useless, like semantically empty information out there that you can apply anything you want to to anything. Holly Almost Herndon said
3: the other day, I don't know, maybe it was on Twitter or whether it was when I saw her, but she said that it's not deep fakes that we we should be worrying about. It's the fact that all content is fake deep.
2: Ooh. So it's good. Bars. Yeah, it really is. Because yeah.
3: that's what we, and she was talking about the algorithm, like or artificial intelligence, the algorithm has trained us to make fake deep content. That's, That's crazy.
1: I think I think Holly Herndon might be a genius. I definitely. listen to Proto all the time. I, mm-hmm. I uh, and I really like their podcast too. Um, and I like having people like her and you in. I call them my council of elders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what it is, is what it is, is I just, what it is, is I don't, I don't think about things anymore because I'm on my, my Taoist destroying the self thing. Right. I let, I let like Jay's brain is my surrogate brain or my extended brain. And I lit like, you were, uh, you hadn't pl- like posted a blog in a few days and I, I texted you. I was like, Hey man, I, I need, I need to do some <laughs> thinking. So <laughs> Can you post, please, so that I can have thoughts? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> but anyway, kind of a kind of a, ra- a ramble on that one. But uh, but no, the fake the fake deep thing is is so true, and it's so true that when you actually do encounter genuine depth, you almost don't know what to do with it anymore. You're like, holy shit, that's nuanced. What do I do with this? this is yeah, a, I'm not gonna be able to kill anybody with this information.
3: <laughs> Here, read this three thousand word thing on a really niche subject
1: no (laughs) i'm not doing (laughs) that it all
0: it always reads like alien poetry or something when you see some uh, anything that has a tinge of nuance to it seems so like like a translated text Mm -hmm. and and it turns out it's like i was written by some dude in canada like what today
1: like for (laughs) real (laughs) i saw a thing on substack recently pop up and it was you know the the guide to anti-left marxism and i was like go outside yeah. just go outside <laughs> that's that's fake <laughs> <laughs> and it was dense too i scrolled down and saw these big chunky paragraphs and i was like well you definitely got the Marx part of this down pat, right mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> down yeah 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 <laughs> but, the thing uh, is how
1: do you know that wasn't written by a gtb chat that's what I'm saying. I've been doing so much shit with chat TV, dude. I've been making such progress in getting job interviews and getting freelance jobs just by letting, having it right.
3: Your emails. Yeah. Having
1: it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm good. If I can get to this stage with a client or a potential employer, I have a myth about a 50, 50 chance. Right. Mm-hmm. But if we're depending on my social skills online, i never i never developed those right yeah i I never developed how to and that's what the ai is really good at they can say hello Mm -hmm. i'm this person and i'm delighted to be and i'll read it and cringe and just send it get an email back in 15 minutes like oh hey and i think son (laughs) of a bitch this ai is
0: really good at people fall for words like pleasure and (laughs) honor
1: And thank yeah. you, like, yeah, for that I just show up to every email like, "Hi, I'm the best." You know, you want to work with me, and it it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah, out.
0: I'm just like, I'll do this for a hundred dollars and then <laughs> just send.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh. would, that would work for me because I'm that way too. When I get emails like that, if mm-hmm. somebody says, "Hey," um, I'll do your cover for this much. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. I don't have to be your friend.
3: Americans write emails like that versus like English people. English people's emails were all like very passive, aggressive and polite. Whereas when I I used to work with Americans all the time, they were always just like one line. Or sometimes they just like reply in the subject line.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it, yeah. With no body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fucking crazy. But you
3: were like, oh can you, nice and can direct. you give an
1: example of the of the English way of the British way of emailing?
3: Hi Jay. Just reaching out to say this, blah blah blah. Like, I was wondering if you had time to attend the you know join the call on wednesday and before you could do that if you could just like fill in this whole form or whatever that we've springing on you but Mm -hmm. like it's all really polite whereas in america just be like before the call on wednesday please fill in this form
1: yeah right or it would just be it'd be just call (laughs) wednesday nine yeah and then the form would just be attached. And yeah. if you didn't do anything with it, they'd be like, you didn't, you didn't fill out the form. You're like, I yeah. thought that was, I thought that was a virus. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't open it because it's just a bunch of random letters and numbers with, a, you know, but like, yeah, that's, that's definitely
3: like, definitely a thing between like Americans and like English people working in an office together.
1: Do you have a preference?
3: I do well, I mean, I'm pretty aspy. I'd rather just get a direct email Mm -hmm. mm-hmm no 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 i would rather send direct emails to other
0: people
1: (laughs) and then have and then have people respond to you very politely
0: yeah (laughs) You, you just send them a document with nothing no subject no you get the thing that's like this is missing a subject and you're like send anyway yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then they respond back this is the best thank you so much it was a pleasure mm-hmm. to be working with you oh it's, it's every, yeah,
2: creative that's, that's what, yeah. every creative person's every creative person's dream need
1: is to be called a special boy every day but to not <laughs> to, to be loved but not have to give it <laughs> <laughs> bro there's so
0: many times and I understand it because I'm a busy motherfucker it doesn't really hurt my feelings but there are some times where like I've sent a final product and get nothing nothing wow the, the pay the pay shows up in my bank mm-hmm. and then i see that it that it gets published and i'm like okay i guess you liked it i mean <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that happens with me all the time idea yeah,
3: i mean at least you got it. paid though right oh yeah, yeah. that's all that yeah that's all that matters so did your...
1: y'all have a did y'all have a favorite story
0: mm, that's a good question let me look my favorite story for a lot of the uh for just everything the premise the prose the the type of world building she was doing like uh you may dream where the chicks that she's like disgruntled with the, is like kind of annoyed kind of fascinated by uh goes into her dream and then starts fucking up her dreamscape mm-hmm. that that was my favorite story a lot because of the world building and it like I'm going to hijack some tricks she uses for Samurai Jesus and probably like all my shit where she's just like there's like a mud wall with a rectangle in the middle that you can see a blue sky out of and I'm like that's why that that's all you need like that just puts so much in my head and mm-hmm. she's just she does that over and over again where she's like it's a labyrinth of fragile walls and I was like fuck this chick's good at just like <laughs> whole landscape you get it
1: but she just
0: barely said anything
2: Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. I agree I I picked up a lot of uh, things like that too because my writing is so heavily internet dependent and research-based I'll look up shit to make sure that I get terms right and you don't have to necessarily do that that and all the dialogue I'm thinking about making a, a shift more into the way that I used to write before i got self-conscious about it because the book bombed in france and people were like this is just a screenplay it's not even a novel (laughs) and i was like oh maybe i should learn how to write the correct way and then i read something like this and i think yeah what what, why why she didn't and this shit is awesome so
3: i just opened to like a bookmark that i have in smoke gets in in there smoke gets in their eyes i think in in the eyes or something smoke gets in your eyes and it's just like um it's just a line that said, "And soon it became late." And yeah. it's like, "Yeah, awesome!" <laughs> you know, yeah. Skip. <laughs> it, <it's, laughs> so many yeah. of
0: those little things is why I've always written in vignettes because I can just go, "Here's this moment," and now we're just going to skip. The next chapter is just a different moment. I don't want that interconnecting to, but that connecting tissue—that's, I mean, that's all you need. Soon it became and soon late. it
3: became late. Yeah, it's the it's the yeah. connector. So you need right
0: genius genius
3: that's the story that i have the most bookmarks on i think smoke gets in your eyes there's a lot of drug taking and stuff in it
0: yeah that's when the drug is that's also the alien story right yeah there's a lot more drug content whenever the otherworldly species come down
3: before i know it i'm outside jane's apartment you look tired he says his eyes searching what have you been up to since last week last week it only seems it seems like only two or three hours ago that we last met oh that's right it was last week why does it still so firmly attached now are you taking drugs yes why they give me relief it probably headed towards i'm probably headed towards destruction whose life is this It's completely empty brutal she's such a good writer
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. amazing and some, of, some part of me wonders, <clears throat> because I read a lot of books in translation, whether they're Japanese or French, um, mm-hmm. and the way that translation works, um, I tend to think that you're really lucky if a book gets translated into, into your language, because the translator has a very difficult task of stripping down uh, some of the aspects of the prose that wouldn't directly translate and i think part of it not to take any credit away from her but a part of it to me does seem like what happens to her happens to both murakamis right uh which is that they end up the tr- the translators end up making it more bare bones than it might read in its original language yeah
3: speaking um, of which Murakami's <laughs> was born in the same year
2: which one uh i actually wrote it down because i thought it was an interesting fact um haruki haruki okay Okay,
1: yeah yeah
3: right on on. i um they have similar themes as well right rock and roll and Mm -hmm. teenage Mm -hmm. like disconnection and dislocation from society and yeah it's interesting isn't it
1: yeah i think there's a funny story that Uh, friend of the show Eddie told us which is that Murakami wrote Norwegian Woods specifically to be a bestseller because he wanted people to buy his weirder books and he said he said I could have been a cult writer my whole life but I wrote Norwegian Woods specifically to sell a a million copies and it did (laughs) and and it worked Um, but just to put a bow on the the translation point Where it becomes really interesting is that you have, you know, uh, me reading this book translated into English from Japanese and taking writing tips from a translated language, you see, and then putting it back into English. And then potentially, maybe, hopefully, one day, that book being translated back into Japanese. And perhaps in those alchemical transformation uh, sequences you know somebody from japan getting a writing tip that's completely non-existent in mm-hmm. the original text and I, I think shit like that is so cool that kind of cultural exchange is neat to me
0: there were four translators for terminal boredom
2: mm-hmm.
3: i wonder I just, if it's like a really big task to translate a short story by her
0: especially with how it like you can tell it's not that there's a lot of slant well for one it's like sci-fi you know it's cyberpunk so it's like proto cyberpunk yeah so you there there's like at least one of them's got to have in their head like okay some of the shit might not make sense but is that because of the translation or is that because she's making shit up that doesn't exist mm-hmm. or but yet she invents the cell phone which is crazy <laughs> And even cell phone culture, like FaceTime culture, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this, that 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 didn't exist. And it's like exactly how those conversations go. Where it's like, "Why is your screen off?" It's like Mm -hmm. because I don't. You don't need to be seeing my face all the time. Maybe he's like, (laughs) "Well, well, I don't. I don't feel comfortable talking to you with the screen off." Like, is this being recorded? Like, goddamn. Like, I've (laughs) I've had
1: those conversations, especially with drug dealers. But (laughs) yeah, if you if you know people, if you understand people. And this is why so much sci-fi is shit, because they don't understand people very well. They're fascinated by the, the tech and the speculation. But if you know people and you imagine and you think for a little bit, it's not really hard to figure out what people would do with a given piece of technology, which is the, you know, usually it's the dumbest the dumbest thing possible right <laughs> if you just sit down and try to be like well if we had a time machine what's the stupidest thing that people would do with a time machine it's like probably
2: kill Hitler. Prob- <laughs>
1: kill hitler. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest thing you
0: could possibly do
1: yeah no they, that's that's well kill baby hitler that's the big yeah the baby hitler yeah 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 would you kill hitler if he was a baby I'm like no, probably not. I mean, (laughs) I just I would just set the time machine for when he was adult Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) It's like yeah, but it got calibrated wrong. So now you're you're in Austria whenever he's he's. I I would just wait. I don't know, like just wait a little bit. You could kill. I would kill sixteen year old Hitler for sure because I I, you have to know that guy was already a shithead by the time he was (laughs) sixteen. But,
3: or he was still like a, uh, a really like sensitive painter at 16 though, wasn't he?
0: So yeah. I would just go up to him and be like, I've got a course put together for you that's going to mm-hmm. tell you how to become successful for this shit. Do you want mm-hmm. to 10X your painting sales <laughs> and
1: send Hitler Dude, off in a totally different direction? <laughs> you have to write that. You have to, the, the time-traveling influencer. That's exactly what I'm talking about. the dumbest (laughs) thing that people would do is they'd go back in time yeah and they would go to Thomas Jefferson and be like be like all right you got a lot of slaves on this plantation but I'm going to show you my 12-step program for you know phasing these out you know and they would be what would be really funny is if they were actually doing good like if the influencers became the heroes of history because of their ability to go back in time and then (laughs) you're like like oh how are we going to get uh how are we going to fix slavery it's like we need the ultimate influencer. And you see like the jail Mr. doors Beast. coming apart. <laughs> yes. Well, I was I was thinking I was thinking you could have it be like the jail doors open and you see like a figure in a cell and then like Andrew Tate stands up he's oh, right like <laughs> yeah. he
0: he like abolishes slavery from the like from the ground up where like one of the slaves just stands up and goes I'm the
1: alpha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dude, I saw a video on uh, Instagram. Oh god, and it was this kid in class. And he was saying like, I'm the alpha and I don't have to sit down. And the teacher's I'm like, the alpha. I'm, he said, I'm the alpha. And the teacher's like, well, I'm the teacher. So you have to, he's like, the no, dumb. no, no. In the tribe, the alpha doesn't have to listen to anybody else. So I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. <laughs> wow. That's why you got to be a Sigma. But yeah, no, something like the time traveling influencer in forty years from now, people will be like, "How did Kelby know that that's exactly what we were gonna do?"
2: It's like, well, it's, it's just
1: it's, we just we're just thinking of the dumbest shit that we can come up with. Forty years,
0: yeah, probably we're gonna have some kind of time travel in forty years. Yeah, because I mean, it's it's only it, it's only going to the past. You can we already got deep, face, <laughs> like... you know. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: can you? you can't time travel into the future
0: you just wait it doesn't exist it's not a place that's (laughs) 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 that's, that's, that's called that's called waiting (laughs) yeah i'm traveling right now (laughs) i time travel in my sleep
2: yeah that's true
1: that's yeah sleeping yeah time to get into the time machine maybe that's a way when gus gets a bit older i can trick him into going to bed unfortunately fast travel doesn't work like that where you like go to sleep and wake up somewhere else yeah yeah at like the same age you know that's the problem with time travel as we have it now is that we we age too so really it's a sloppy system but it's the one that we have so
0: (laughs) until they come up with something new Mm -hmm. which usually seems worse like the smart people like the quantum physics people who put shit like who are like so this is how it would work and it's always like you'd end up being extremely old on the other end. It's like, why would you do that
1: then? <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah. trying, I'm
2: trying no, to jump my, from my right favorite here one.
1: To... My favorite one is the Large Hadron Collider, this epic, like the pinnacle of our science right now, right? They turn it on and it's like, what is it doing? It's fucking smashing atoms and doing all this. And it's like, it, it affects the quantum field. And the, the great achievement of it is like, now, the Bernstein Bears is spelled differently. <laughs> it's like, okay.
0: It's
1: a neat trick.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That
3: is a weird thing, though. I do remember when that was going around. I mean, obviously, I am I have no idea what the Bernstein Bears even are. <laughs> you know what I mean? But everyone was losing their minds about it. I remember when that got happened. Me, yeah.
1: yeah, it got yeah. me good. There's, there's a few of them that got me really good. And I wonder how, I do wonder how it happened. The one. You where, probably
0: uh, just weren't paying that much attention to begin with, right? Yeah, Baron Berenstain. The, the, the cornucopia on the that's fruit the one, of the loom. That's the one. What, that mm, that's yeah. what really, I'm like, okay. and Bears never convinced me because I was just like, I mean, yeah, I probably just didn't know how to, fu- I still don't know how to spell it. Like they're saying it's spelled, it was always spelled this way. And I'm like, I, okay, wait, what's the correct way again? I don't mm-hmm. remember. it yeah. But the fruit of the, lo- like, the logos, when they're different,
2: I'm like,
0: how do so many people remember that? Like, there was a cornucopia on my underwear. How is that not, you're, you're telling me there never was? I'm like, okay, hold up now. Ma,
1: Where my old underwear at? And she's like... <laughs>
0: It's, no it's, it's gone it's gone dude that's the
1: that's the that's the yeah imagine if she had it she was like oh i keep, <laughs> I keep them in ziploc bags it's labeled
0: <laughs>
1: she goes into the tote kelby six years old here's a yeah yeah oh god this is a little rank but <laughs> yeah yeah a new a new type of hoarder. no i uh the cornucopia got me too because i can go back into my memory like i did i sat down and i remembered going into walmart and buying a, a packet of these things and seeing the cornucopia on it.
0: Cause I always thought like,
2: Thanksgiving. And then I always yeah.
0: thought that's why do you have so much fruit at Thanksgiving?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway. Yeah. you you're,
0: <laughs> I'm still blown away that you could just like imagine going
3: into Walmart and seeing shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so crazy. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: It's like, uh, it's like playing a video game, but it's in your mind. Yeah. Cool.
3: That sounds oh, really cool.
1: Speaking of which, dude, did you see the video that fellow posted in the discord of cyberpunk 2077 with the new ray tracing on it no uh-uh. not it yeah. looks oh man you guys got to watch that graphics are getting absolutely insane and it runs i think at 95 frames per second on this if you've got to have what,
3: like a rtx the top end rtx card yeah though, right you do yeah, yeah, yeah i can do
2: yeah
1: yeah 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 and i'm sure it makes a noise like to spend like three and a half grand on a computer
2: yeah. Yeah. and you're playing it and you're like better I'm...
1: reflections <laughs> and you, you're watching it you're like yeah this is cool and then like three seconds go by you're like i'm bored i think i'm just gonna go outside no it looks it looks really like once that technology trickles down to the playstation 6 or whatever's capable yeah. of doing that it's gonna be Video games are going to be so tight because I already play cyber. I'm going, I basically realized that if I, in order for me to write these God's fair, no better books, I kind of have to be playing cyberpunk at the time. Mm. So I'm going to have to play through the game 10 times. And since I'm introducing a corporate, like a corpo in in this one, I'm playing as a corpo in the game. And so, you know, the level of stealing is just, it's not even, it's completely (laughs) transparent. I, I just, I need to play the game to write the book. Have you played Watch Dogs? No. Is it Cyberpunk?
3: Uh well yeah, I suppose it's it's pretty cyberpunk. It's a mm-hmm. pretty good game.
1: Yeah, I'll check it out. I think they have one of those on the for free on the, it's like Watch Dogs Legion or something. It's like
3: near future, you know, it's
0: like right. fifteen right. years away.
3: Mm-hmm. But yeah.
0: For more on quantum physics. <laughs> Andrew Tate goes back in time to teach Hitler how to 10x his how to optimize his productivity yeah and and even more crazy adventures go to patreon.com agitator where we will continue this conversation on agitators